0: Sarasiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Asmaracharya Paryantam Pandeguru Paramparam Ishvaro Guradmeti Murti Veda Vipagini Vyoma Bhat kakshina burtaye namaha sarva vedanta siranta gocharam tamagocharam govindam Paramanandam sad guru maranto Sri Krishna, Govinda, Narayana There's this uh, <clears throat> there's this argument in the spiritual world. Maybe you haven't heard it. Uh, maybe it's not even relevant to you, but uh, it it helps us to understand the relationship between a duality and non-duality because there's this argument in the spiritual world, it's been around for a long time and it's uh, most, uh, you can see it most clearly in the Krishna consciousness I I don't know if you know you've heard of the Krishna consciousness people they're uh, they're Vedikas but they're dualists Vedikas means they're From the Vedic tradition, and uh, uh, their their argument is they're all experiential. They're dualists, and their argument is: uh, Why would I want to be Krishna, Krishna in a sense, be the self? Why would I want to be the self when I can experience the self? Because their idea is that when you're experiencing, when you're experiencing this, when you are the self, you're not experiencing the self. That the self is an object to be enjoyed. And so, uh, so they want to experience, they chant the name of Krishna and they experience the bliss. uh, from the chanting, and they say that's the experience of Krishna. And they don't like uh, Vedanta people at all. Uh, In fact, they're very contemptuous of us, even though we're from the same tradition. They call us Mayawadis. Mayawadi means a, uh, a follower of Maya, of Shankara. They hate Shankara, They hate the whole Maya concept whatsoever, because Maya. If you understand Maya, then uh, you can gain easily gain non-dual knowledge, non-dual devotion. And they don't believe. They believe that the the jiva and the self are eternally separate. So there's no way you could become Krishna, become the self. There's no way you could become the self. You always remain as an eternal individual, separate from the supreme person. They call it, the in their literature, they call it the supreme personality of Godhead. So Krishna's in Vaikuntha or Goloka, they have certain names for it. And we're always here, uh, uh, but we can experience Krishna by invoking Krishna's name. Because when you say the name of somebody, that person, this is their argument. If I say, uh, Sally, hey, Sally, only Sally is going to respond if in a group of people, isn't it? All. Uh, Nobody else will turn their head. Why? Because it's not their name. So, their argument is if you say Krishna's name, Rama's name, then you'll get Krishna or Rama to pay attention to you, and that will make you feel good. And so, you should chant Krishna's or Rama's name all the time to keep the Lord looking at you and giving you the blessings. That's that's their argument. And so, if you become one with Krishna, then uh, you're going to miss out on that wonderful experience of Krishna. That's their argument. See how how crazy people become. Now, why is that not true? I mean, it sounds all logical, doesn't it? But does it? And we say you can be Krishna, be the self, and experience the self at the same time. In other words, how, how does that work? That works because duality and non-duality, <coughs> the self and the world, are not different. They're not different, but they're not the same either. In other words, they're in two two different orders of the same reality. So, duality doesn't contradict non-duality at all, because duality is in the order of what? Mitya, order of reality. It exists, but it's not real. And you're already experiencing God or Krishna or the self. Why? Because Because God or Krishna, you're already experiencing it, Huh? You have no choice about experiencing it. Why? Because it's your very existence. Is there anybody not experiencing existing right now? Hmm. Is it not? No. No. Nobody is not experiencing existence now, are they? Well, maybe you are because nobody's responding. <laughs> <laughs> no you're you always are isn't that right and you love your existence more than anything isn't it we've we covered this point why because you don't you all want, want to live another day if, if being if being if existing wasn't the most valuable experience to you you wouldn't care if you lived or died, would you? Would you? No, you wouldn't. Right. You'd be happy to die tomorrow, but who's happy to die tomorrow? Everybody wants to die tomorrow or after the class. You can wait till after the class. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> How, who wants to die right after the class? <laughs> that was provoking me. <laughs> well, nobody. Which which goes to show that just being uh, is the most huh? is the most valuable experience you have. So you're never not experiencing yourself. Are you? When tell me when you're not experiencing yourself. Uh, huh. Yeah, nobody has an answer because everybody knows they're always experiencing themselves alone, isn't it? Think about it. I understand this is a kind of tricky little point, isn't it? So so if that's true, if you're all if you're always experiencing yourself and there is an experience of an object, and we know we know there are experiences of objects also, don't we? Because that's what life is. So so there's no question that you can experience joy in objects. There's no question about that. Because we do it all the time. So I'm always experiencing myself all the time. and, 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 And I'm capable of experiencing the joy in objects. While I exist. As I exist, aren't I? So that means what? does when you're experiencing uh happiness in a relationship with some object are, do you cease to exist when huh, when you're having that and then you have a special experience called uh which is different from the experience you always have do you cease to exist and have a special experience then no you don't your existence continues you keep exi- existing and experiencing your own existence while at the same time you're experiencing objects, isn't it right? Because there's no contradiction. See, the problem we think that, dual, because of the language, we think duality and non duality are opposites. We think that if, you, if it's day, it's not night. If it's good, it's not bad. Huh? If, you're, if it's dual, it's not non-dual. That, that's how our intellects are conditioned to think because we've been living, uh, we've been unaware of our self for so long that we're conditioned to think in terms of either or. If it's like this, it's not like that. If you love me, huh? You don't, huh? If you love me, you can't hate me, huh? But haven't you had relation love hate relationships? <laughs> uh-huh. Can't you love somebody and hate them at the same time? Yeah, you can, can't you? But they're not actually opposites because you, the you that's there, uh, supersedes the love and the hate. So, see, there are seemingly two different yous. There's an experiencing you, and there's an observing, existent, eternal you. Right. So, so worshiping God. You know, like I, I, I'm, I, I love these these symbols here, huh? and I talk to Krishna all the time. Does that mean I'm a dualist? No, I'm adding a little bit of huh, a little bit of additional enjoyment to the enjoyment of my existence. I'm always enjoying my existence. That's the bedrock. But what? By by worshiping God, by worshiping the self, what I add a little bit of spice to the soup, make it a little interesting. Understand? So you can you can be the self and experience the self. So you are the self and you are experiencing the self at the same time. So there's the reason now. The re- why do these people have this argument? Because they believe, dualists believe it in, in the yoga philosophy that you need to get rid of your, your ego, your experiencing entity, to become the self. And that's based on a false notion of creation. Okay? Maya. Maya is the creator. Ishwara or Maya is the creator. There's two kinds of changes that can take place. A change is called a parinama. A parinama is a simple change. One thing changes into another thing. For instance, milk, when you stir it, becomes butter. Huh? Doesn't it? Uh, or cheese. You can take milk... Me- You get, you get, cheese, cheese is milk in a, in a form, isn't it? Now, when you take milk and you turn it into cheese, is any milk left? Is there any milk left? No, there isn't, is there? The milk has ceased to exist. Huh? The milk has to cease to exist to become cheese. Now, does God have to cease to exist to become the world? Because, <clears throat> well, because if 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 God existed, huh? Uh, and cheese existed, then there should be a way to get back to God uh, by reversing the process, isn't it? I should be able to take the cheese and re-engineer it backwards and get my, get uh, the milk again. But I can't do that, can I? Why? Because the, the milk never became the cheese. Did it? Huh? <laughs> huh? Did it? Uh, the milk never became the cheese, what did it? This is called a... This is, this is called a... a vivarta paridhamma. A vivarta paridhamma, uh, there's a technical word that's added to that, means milk appeared as cheese. The, 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 the milk didn't disappear huh? It there was some power that made it look like cheese did did the wood did the wood disappear to become the chair huh? you, you say it's a chair why do you say it's a chair it looks like huh yeah, yeah it looks like a chair it seems to be a chair so you if i say what is this you don't say wood do you you say it's a chair well why do you ignore the chair why don't you say it's a chair uh it's wood why don't you say that why are you ignoring the substance and looking at the form the name of the form if there's a form The wood is in a particular form, and that form is called a chair. So what is maya adding to consciousness? A name and a form. But consciousness is not disappearing. Wood doesn't have to go to become a chair, does it? Because we can take the chair apart and make a, a table out of it. It's still got the same wood, but now it's in a different form. So... So this person this person that I am is is this jiva this non-eternal jiva that I am Isn't non-existent it doesn't have to go away you don't have to get rid of your person Understand see this is why they're afraid to be become krishna because they think they're going to cease being people And, and nobody wants to cease being a person. We've already proven that, haven't we? Because everybody wants to live another day. Because being here and being a person is a wonderful thing. Uh, life is a wonderful thing. Be, uh, because I get to experience my existence, huh? and I get to experience objects at the same time. And, and the existence itself is beautiful, because its nature is Sundaram, beauty, and its nature is bliss. Anandam, and its nature is consciousness. I love being conscious and aware. Uh, and, and its nature is thought existence. So, understanding who I am, in other words, claiming my identity as awareness, huh, I got the best of both both possible of all possible worlds, don't I? I get to have my cake and eat it too, huh? <laughs> How cool is that? Whereas if you believe in the Dwight philosophy, in other words, the dualistic philosophy, to become one, you have to cease being two. But one and two are not opposites, are they? That's why we don't call the self one. Well, we do use the word one in certain contexts. But we call the self not two. And why don't we just say the self is one? What? Why? 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 why don't we like that terminology because the word the the letter one implies two doesn't it hmm? so the, there's an implied meaning if you say one you imply other numbers you imply two or three or five or whatever it is cuz all the other numbers start from one didn't it so we say the self don't say the self is one we say it's not two huh? and that ...takes care of that philosophical problem uh, of non-duality. It's something that is not objective, but it's something that's always present and always experienced. But, unfortunately, what? It's not always known. So, what's, what's the solution to having my cake and eating it too? What's, what's the solution? Knowing who I am and claiming what? That as my primary identity. My secondary or dualistic identity doesn't have to go away. Because non-duality, awareness, includes all, includes duality, all the objects. The subject and object. If there's a world of subjects and objects, and we know there is because we experience it, you can't experience something that doesn't exist. Then, huh? Then I include all transactions, all communications between a subject and an object. And Dwight Bhakti is beautiful. Huh? It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a valid, relevant, and intelligent use of my what of my free will to worship God in a form. <clears throat> you because the, the bhaktas are right, the 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 dualists are right. If if you're thinking of Krishna, if you're thinking of yourself all the time, huh? You get a, you get the bliss of <clears throat> consciousness. Simply by thinking about it and, 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 and allowing those thoughts to generate the emotion of love. There's nothing wrong with the emotion of love. At all. <laughs> That's beautiful, what? because it's just an embellishment of a bhuti or an embellishment on, what? on your non-dual nature. So so there's no conflict here between duaitam and abduaitam, between duality and non-duality. to the fact that what? Maya generates the appearance of duality. And you experience appearances, but you know they're not real. Isn't that right? Like, for instance, a movie or a dream. You go to you go you have a dream, and when you wake up, you know it's not real, isn't that right? But that doesn't mean you didn't experience it, does it? Huh? Well, you experienced it, but then when you wake up, you know it's not real. So you you do you do experience things that aren't real, and the world is not real. It means it's not the self; it's not permanent. But that doesn't mean it isn't a source of great joy, if what? If you know it's just you appearing as something else. So when I see you, I know that you're me. And since I love me 100%, me meaning not my existence, I see that you... I see the existence in you and I understand that the existence is you in you is non different from my existence, that the consciousness in you is non different from my consciousness and that the love in in me is non different from the love in you, what do I do? I love you. As me. Nice, huh? Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Because uh, well, what's the samsara problem? Transacting with something other than you, that than you tra- trying to get two things with different natures, huh? To uh, to stay in contact all the time, <laughs> which is what relationships are about. This is what this is the argument in relationship, is it? Isn't it? You don't love me. Huh? The argument is, you don't love me. And, and of course, the person has reasons why, so forth and so yeah. Well, yeah, they do love you, but they don't love you. Huh? <laughs> they love you when they love you, and they don't love you when they don't love you. Why? Yeah. Because that love is what? Conditioned by the knowledge that I'm only a, an experiencing entity an experiencer of objects not that I'm what I am love itself yes Al is, uh, isn't Krishna on the level of the causal body uh, no Krishna is a symbol for the self in fact the word Krishna means the word Krishna means that which is the most attractive the most attractive thing that's what Krishna means. Huh? What, what's the most attractive oh, thing? Self. Yeah, yourself, right? Huh? Don't you love yourself more than anything? Why do you love yourself more than anything? Because it's the most attractive thing. <laughs> so, So Krishna is just a name for the self. Ram, my spiritual name, ram is just a name for the self. Ram means Atmaram. It means the one that's that's enjoying in the hearts of all beings. Not just in my not just in James's heart, but the, the this the that being that's enjoying or reveling or dancing or playing in everybody's heart. That's called Ram. That's the Savior Krishna. That means love. That means I'm love, your love. And a self-realized person sees you as love. In other words, when you fall in love with somebody, you don't fall in love with the person, you fall in love with love. But you think you're falling in love with a person and you need that person to give you that feeling of love, but you don't. Because you got that feeling of love. uh, You are that very feeling of love with yourself all the time. If you recognize that, that love, feeling of love in someone else, you couldn't recognize it if you didn't have it in yourself, could you? How would you recognize it? You, yeah. Understand? So, uh, so, self-knowledge, Vedanta, solves the problem of experience and knowledge. Uh, you get to experience and you get to know. And it's the knowledge that gives you that permanent, what, appreciation of love. Understand? Of yourself as love. Because uh, the Krishna consciousness people, they don't have the Im- immortality benefit, for instance. They don't have the immortality benefit. Oh. But they claim the immortality benefit for the wrong per- reason. Why? Because they claim that the Jiva is eternal. Oh but they say it's eternally separate from Krishna. (laughs) Now, huh? Now think about that. What's wrong with that? That would mean there's two eternities, wouldn't it? There's a Krishna eternity, and there's a self-eternity, and then there's a Jiva eternity. Is that correct? Yeah. No, it's not correct, is it? There there aren't two eternities. <clears throat> if, there are, if there are two different types of eternity, huh, then which one's real? Huh? It's just like, yeah, <clears throat> when you're in a dream, the dream seems real. When you're in the waking state, the, you, you take the what? You take the the waking state to be real, isn't it? Now, which is real, the waking state or the dream state? Which one? None. No, <laughs> None. No, <not> <laughs> now, using this analogy, there's really it's not doesn't hold up completely, because the waking state, which is a symbol in this in this example of what of the self, that is uh, always present. So that is real. The self is real. Because, huh? because there is no other eternity. There is no other existence. There is no other consciousness. If there were some other existence or a consciousness or there were a different eternal reality, huh? then we'd, we'd have words for it, wouldn't we? That was experiential and known. We'd have words for it. But, nobody, but there's never... Do you ever see? uh, You ever ever read about eternity one and eternity two and eternity three and eternity four, and all the different eternities? Do you ever ever heard of that? No, you haven't, because there isn't such a thing. If there was, there'd be a word for it, there'd be a name for it, and a form for it, and it would be experiential. (laughs) But it's not. There's only one. Eternity. There's only one self. There's only one consciousness. There's only one what? Existence. There's only one love. Yeah, German. James, uh, so the concept that the Krishna people have, so do they actually see Krishna as uh, atma or as self? No, no. <laughs> they see the jiva as a self. Okay. And Krishna as, as as a different self. Krishna as the self in everything. The self uh, as beyond everything. They, they have him in the transcendental sky. They have words mm. for it. And that you have to go to that place. Huh? To experience it. It's a, it's it's a it's a, it's just like all dualists. Yeah. They have a heaven. It's just like the Christian church. It's they just like the, the Christian church. Soul. They're they're the dualists of the Vedic tradition. Yeah. They're Vedicas. They follow Vedika Dharma, that's the interesting thing about it. They eat sattvic, they live savik, they do all these they they are constantly engaged in ritual worship. They're constantly chanting Krishna's name. And they follow dharma. They don't break the rules. They observe all the all the uh, holidays of gods and so forth and so on. They're definitely Vedicas. but what? but they're afraid of losing their individuality. But you don't lose. You don't physically or experientially lose your individuality when you realize who you are. You continue on as a human being. That's what he's talking about here, about a non-dual bhakti. A non-dual bhakti is a person. <laughs> well, you, your your view is? What when you get enlightened, huh? Suddenly everything just poof changes, and you're a different person from that time on. This is what people think. That the gaining the knowledge of who you are is going to have huge benefits for the person. That the person is going to be completely different. They're, they're, I, this has happened several times in my experience over the years. It's it's always men, usually men, and that they're often wealthy men. And and they invest all their money in in spirituality. They've got an inheritance, or they made a bunch of money in business, or something, and then they then they then they have the leisure, so they sell their businesses or or live off their their trust fund people or something and then they they get involved in the spirituality, and they spend all their money in fact that's what happened to me. I had a lot of money, but when the time I realized who I was, I had twenty one cents in my pocket <laughs> I arrived in San Francisco with 21 cents and I reached in my pocket I had a phone number in those days you could get make a phone call for a dime in a public thing I reached in my pocket and and the the one of the dimes fell out of my pocket and it went down a manhole cover and I couldn't get it <laughs> so I had only had Eleven cents left, and I put the ten, to the dime in the phone, in and I called a number of a guy I'd met two years before in Morocco. So, <laughs> who gave me a San Francisco number? So I had a penny, uh, you know. And now. <clears throat> And uh it, it was I, I was, I was I was and am enlightened as anybody is, because everybody gets the same enlightenment. so huh so but I ended up, what did I end up doing? Sleeping on a floor in a hallway with the mice running over my feet, uh, uh, just on the floor with, with a just a blanket, my friend gave me and a, a little pillow, and driving around in an old car, which he gave me also. Uh, breaking into abandoned buildings and and da- diving into dumpsters and and picking up junk trash and and selling it at the flea market. Now uh, shouldn't there have been a, as soon as I got my mulch, you shouldn't have limousine have driven up <laughs> huh? And with a beautiful woman inside a big bag of money huh we shouldn't huh? Because I'm the self. I'm incredible. I'm the most wonderful thing there is. I'm the source of the whole universe. Huh? Well, sure. why didn't that happen? So anyway, one of these guys, he, he, he had been very successful. And, he, and, he, and he, he spent all his money, and then he sold all his property. And of course, then the wife left. You know, because no, you know, she, she was getting nervous when he lost all his money. But at least they still had the house. But then he sold the house out from under her, so then she <coughs> left and she took the daughter with it with her uh, so now he'd lost ev- everything and then but he's happy because he's realized the self and then and I and he's telling me about his tragedies and 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 he thinks that people are listening to me huh because because I'm the self <laughs> huh. He thinks, because I'm self-realized, all these people are listening to me, huh? and the beautiful women are all smiling at me, and, you know, come hither, <laughs> and, huh? and, and, and they're, they're putting money in the donation box, and I'm jetting around the world, huh? and seem to be always smiling, so he figured, yeah, that's right, and, and he figures what? He figures it's because I'm the self, and I know who I am, that that's happening. so he wants me to teach him how to what (laughs) teach Vedanta I said no way what and 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 in the meantime you know he's living on the dole from the government and then the then the dole runs out he can no longer get any money from the government so he's just about on the street and he calls me up, and I said, "Just get a job at McDonald's or someplace." Huh? Okay, so it's eight bucks an hour, and so you're used to having millions. But huh? You know, just being the self, it doesn't change anything. If you're going to make Mitya work, you got to do the work in Mitya. You think I'm, 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 I'm because I'm the self that you're sitting here? That's not the reason. It's because I worked my butt off doing this all the time, and I learned how to communicate it, and I wrote all these books and did all these talks and here and there and everywhere, and I'm just a professional Vedanta person, that's all. I put in my 30,000 hours. That's the only reason it's good. It's not because I'm some special spiritual being. James is just James. That's what he'd like to do. That's, this is my worship of God. And since I love God totally, I'm totally surrendered to God, I only think about God and talk about God and, and work for God's glory 24-7. <laughs> so the Mitya world and the Satya world are what? Are in two different dimensions. And the key to freedom is and non-dual love is understanding that, you know. I know last night, and, I, and it's always the case, you know, uh, when I tell you that you have to accept your ugly bits, you have to accept the ugly parts of yourself, I notice people just go, huh? They don't like it. Hmm? they they can't huh they can't accept their own selfishness their own violence their own manipulations their own huh, weaknesses they can't accept that you have to accept it you have to love it or you're not going to be free you're always going to what your happiness is always going to be held hostage to the absence of mitya, of, of, you know, of imperfection. And it's the reason you want to be perfect as a jiva, why? Because you are perfect as a self. And you're superimposing that perfection that you are onto the (laughs) jiva. Superimposition is the problem. You know, at some part inside you, that you are perfect. And you want that jiva person to be perfect. And the jiva person is never going to be perfect. People tell me, you know, I, they, I I got my enemies. Not many, I have a few enemies. Mostly, most everybody likes me, but... I've got my enemies. And my enemies tell me, what do they tell me? You need a lot of work, James. You need to clean up your act. You you criticize other teachings. And you expose the weaknesses of other teachers. You're a bad person. You need a lot of work. Tell new stories. Huh? Tell new stories. Yeah, tell new stories. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you need new stories. My wife tells me, you need new stories. you got some new stories, tell them and I'll tell those stories, but I'm too busy to <laughs> figure, figure out new stories. Uh, and, and, and you know what, I, I, this is a joke, but uh, you know what I say? I say, well, you're right. I am a mess. I, nobody knows how what a mess I am more than I do because I have to live with the the selfish, ugly person that I am. I know that, but it's a little late in the day <laughs> for me for me to like remove all those awful deep problems that I have because I may die tomorrow and if I die tomorrow then all my efforts will have been wasted I won't get the result because <laughs> I'll be dead so all my karmas will burn up and I won't do that so, so I, I've come to the conclusion that the best way to do is just love myself as I am 100% and leave it at that and if you don't like it <laughs> too bad uh, there's no connection I know this is the hardest teaching I always get, I always get emails after I make this statement in every, in every, or, or arguments uh, when I make this statement there's no connection between the self and, and Maya and the world if there's any connection, then what then freedom's not possible because what Maya's gonna rub off the you know the imperfection of Maya, the changing nature of Maya is gonna for cause the self to change, isn't it? If the self changes there's no hope, is there? If you if the self is changing, you're never the same person from one moment to the next, are you? because every minute that something happens to you you're a different person you've lost something and you've gained something else and so if this continual process of change goes on and on and on and on there's no way to connect there's no way to know who you were before Huh? Is there? There's no way to know. And in fact, that's what people they often think. They, I often think, I'm completely different from what I was like 10 years ago. They look at themselves and they say, gee, that's not the same person. Well, it isn't the same person. Why? Because the subtle body isn't the same. Huh? Because the subtle body is impacted by what happens, and it does change from moment to moment. But you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't appreciate the difference that you are today from what you were 10 years ago if you weren't yourself, would you? And you do know what you were then, and you do know what you are now, because there's some factor... But uh, is unaffected by what happens. It just is the knowing principle. It just gives you the uh, just the knowledge. So, so, huh? so you're free when you're in duality, or when duality's in you. It's a better way to say it. When duality's happening, you are non-dual always. So, so that's the argument. So you can you can be God. And experience God, huh? There's no contradiction. See how smart we are? <laughs> huh? This is how you have your cake and eat it too. Okay. Okay, here now th- this is where we left off yesterday. I think verse twenty three. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Verse, verse twenty-three. If if you forget that every object and, and remember, I said we're we're just for the sake of this uh, this seminar, we're calling when the word object so, sub to word persons people, because we're this is about helping your relationships with everybody, right? This is about healing your relationships with the world. That—that's uh, if, if all your relationships are love relationships. If you love your boss like you love yourself, you won't have work problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and if you love your boyfriend like you love yourself, you won't have relationship problems. You love your children like you love yourself. You'll you'll take care of your children. You'll love your children. You won't stick them in front of the TV and give them all these devices and, and tell them that you care for them and you're working hard to ensure their future. You'll actually spend time loving your children and being with them. You'll be a hands-on parent rather than a hands-off parent. So, so this 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 love issue is the real issue. Marianne Williamson, she was running for president. She's dropped out of the race. That was her argument. You see, it's very interesting that that argument actually even got into the national dialogue about uh, society and its problems. She was the one who wrote. She, she was, a famous, was a famous spiritual person. I don't know if you heard of her, Marianne Williamson. She came up, she was spiritual for a long time and she she basically got very famous by by popularizing uh, what was that uh, Course. Course. Course in Miracles. The Course in Miracles is sometimes called Christian Vedanta. Uh, yeah, it 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 has a it has a kind of non dual message to it, but it's so hopelessly uh, confusing. It's a channeled information, it's full of psychological language and religious language, and really peculiar, difficult. I often thought I should rewrite it, but she made it understandable to a normal person. But, and, and she said, you know, the basic problem that we have in <clears throat> these societies is a spiritual problem. Huh? And, then, and she's right. The spiritual problem means a values issue. And and nobody, of course, wants to deal with their values. We're going to get to that, the values topic. And, and you know, what you value depends upon who you are and what your vāsas are. So... So it says here, what does it say? If you forget that every everybody, every person is consciousness, that is, is yourself, only selfish passion remains. Right? In other words, huh? then it's it's, what can you do for me? Isn't it? Then you only look at people in terms of what they can do for you. You don't think, like John Kennedy said, you don't think, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That was the last time you heard that idea. That was like, what, 60 years ago or 70 years ago? Huh? You don't hear that anymore, huh? No way. Huh? Well, that's just, that's exactly what we're, we're saying here. If you If you leave the self out of it, if you leave love out of it, <clears throat> then then people are only there for you. Then then your relationships is all about only getting what you want from people. Yeah. You don't know, you know, be honest. See if you see if that isn't why you're with the person. See if it isn't basically a selfish relationship it isn't just all about your feelings and what you want of course you pretend and you say in your words you say oh I'm doing this all for you but are you really Is it? are you really putting their needs before your needs because that's what a cultivated person does that's what a classy dharmic cultivated person does in every situation, they don't think what they can get out of it. They, they try to figure out what they can do to help you. And if there's anything comes out of it, personally comes out of it, they can take it as prasad because it wasn't solicited. But when you go into it with this calculation, I need to know this person and I need to do this because I've got this particular desire... And you're all smarmy and smiley and sh- schmoozy, huh? And you, uh-huh. Because you want something, huh? Are, are you are you helping yourself or, or the world? No, you're not. You're cheating them out of the opportunity of enjoying your love, and you're cheating yourself out of the opportunity of growing spiritually. Because you only grow spiritually when you're what? When you're giving. The heart that gives, gathers. It's a beautiful statement by one of our poets, Robert Frost. He wrote, he wrote a poem. And he said, the heart that gives, gathers. Now, normally you think when you give something, you're losing it, don't you? When you pay attention to somebody or give your time to somebody else, you think, uh, "That's I'm taking that time away from me. I'm putting all that energy into them, but that means I'm not putting enough energy into me. So I'm losing in my in every transaction. I'm losing. Uh, but he says in that poem, in that statement, he says, no, by giving you get. Now you don't give to get. If you give to get, then that's just a calculation. Uh, you got these people in business uh they, they they have a saying about it. They say, uh, he does well by doing good. In other words, the do-gooders know that if they give, then they'll get back. So they keep doing good. And then, huh? A lot of the gurus are like that. They say they're gonna save the world. And then you believe they can save the world, so you start giving to them. You start supporting them. Huh? You know that one? Huh? We're we're saving the world. And so Please give to me because I'm taking that money and saving the world. That's what I say. <laughs> but, and you don't know whether I'm actually sticking it in a bank account somewhere, whether I'm actually putting it back into the Vedanta, do you? Really. So, you know. But you know in yourself whether you're doing this, don't you? You, you know personally whether you actually do care about the other more than you care about yourself. Understand? And speaking as a jivas, we're speaking as a person. That's a cultivated person. uh, Cultivated means that's a a refined person. I I was very fortunate in this birth because I had very cultivated, refined parents. We We used to go to church every Sunday. And, and after the church, after church service, uh, they had a potluck. You know potluck? Pot- potlucks where everybody brings food. All the ladies uh, during the week cook some nice food. And then they bring it to church on Sunday, and they put it in the, in the dining hall. And then they have the service, and then after the service... Uh, they, they lay all the food out. It's a big, beautiful food—desserts and salads and everything—is there. Uh, they say a prayer, and then everybody's in, standing around waiting till the prayer's over. And then there's that big pile of food, and they're hungry. You know, you know, bless the potatoes, bless the meat, kiss the cook, and let's eat. You know,
1: <laughs>
0: everybody's eager. And they all rush, huh? Because they've got, oh, I want that piece of chicken on the top. <laughs> they all rush at it, huh? Just like dogs who are like hungry, huh? Trying to, and stack their plates up full of, full of stuff. And my parents would hold us back. My father would just grab us because we wanted to go too. And he says, you just wait until everybody else is served. And you get what's left over. In other words, huh? The needs the needs of the Lord come first. What you you're a servant here. The sign of your self realization is that you can wait to get what you want. It's not saying you shouldn't want stuff or you're not supposed to get stuff. It means you're you know you're not greedy. And you it says in the Vedas he he or she. Who eats the remnant of the sacrifice incurs no sin. That is, if you eat what's left over, you don't get any sin. If you rush you don't get bad karma. In other words, you don't agitate it. But if you what? If you just rush there to grab it right away, that is sin. That's saying I'm a self-centered, needy person. I don't consider my environment. I don't take care of the Lord first. I'm only interested in taking care of me. I mean, only you know whether that's true for you. You And you have to be honest. If you're going to grow, you have to be honest and say, yes, that is the way I am. I am pretty selfish. I am really only deep down thinking of myself and maybe i've learned how to like make people happy so they give to me but that's not the point when you give you should just give without any expectation of result you just give because you know it feels good to give and what comes will come but but just the joy of expressing yourself of offering yourself as a servant, he's going to say in here, you're going to see a verse. He says, the best devotees are those who serve God as, as an intimate servant, serves its master. They're not interested in anything for themselves. The joy of making the master happy is what, what gives them the joy. The joy of doing the right thing is more important than getting any object. You see that in the story of Ram, in the, in the Puranas. Because Ram has the most unfortunate life, yet Ram is always cheerful. He's always cheerful. He never gets upset or angry and so forth and so on, because... <clears throat> He, he takes his joy from doing, following dharma. He's, huh? He doesn't care if it costs him personally, one way or the other. And it does. It costs him his wife. It costs him his kingdom. It costs him all this stuff. Huh? Sends him to war. It's, it's just, huh? but he always goes, does the right thing according to the circumstances. Because he knows that the circumstances are God, are Ishwara. And that he's here as a servant of God. And uh, that by what? By thinking of himself, he's cheating himself. just sad. When you think, uh, why are you cheating yourself? You're, you're stunting and inhibiting your growth. And as soon as your growth stops, huh, you, you don't feel good. As soon as you stop growing, it's like a flower. As soon as you, huh, you have to come to your full glory here. If you don't, uh, if you, if you inhibit your growth, if you don't feed yourself properly, what by serving the world.